welcome to episode 26 of the Paul Norton podcast. Now, today's episode, I'm joined by a very, very special guest. And it's not often I get a guest speaker on who has been involved in the likes of TED Talks. So for me, this was, it was just such a good opportunity to speak to someone who has so much passion and experience, especially when it comes to females and the female body. Now, today I'm joined by Sophia Tremon here, and she is the owner of So Tremendous on Instagram and social media. Now, Sophia is such an amazing person and she knows the female body inside and out. Her main focus is everything to do with just as a female being happier and also knowing your periods and your menstrual cycle, which is such a big topic nowadays. And it's so great to have someone with her passion, you know, promoting it and helping females understand how their body works. I really hope you enjoy this podcast and as always if you can just like it and share it or tell your friends because i know how these podcasts can help someone's you know improve their life so as always hope you enjoy and take care so i guess yeah as i was saying it's it's so good to have you on here because it's not often i get to speak to like especially a ted, TED speaker which is it's quite big but for anyone who doesn't know who you are be great for you to give an intro like who you are and I suppose and what is a TED talk as well I'll mix in one yeah so my name is Sophia uh, so tremendous and I am a period and women's coach so what I do is I help women experience happier healthier periods but what I'm truly passionate about is getting women to align their lives business um to their their menstrual cycle so that they can unlock their true potential that's that's good how long have you been doing this for sophie four years yeah three or four years yeah yeah so i've been here for a while <laughs> and to be fair when i i was yeah as we were chatting before but i was saying like when i first started out it was so uncommon for other other women to be talking like even talking about period was such a taboo so yeah <laughs> it's something that i like it's not that like I was saying before, like the more I'm studying about periods and like it's not, it's not, it's not my market at all. But I guess why do you think that it has been something that's been kind of not spoken about enough over the last couple of years? I I think it all stems from our education. You know, when we're at school, we're not, we're given, we're, we're told that story. We're just told, you know, you are going to have your period. Um, you can use tampons and sanitary towels. And that's kind of what we're left with. And um, we're not really given the facts of actually how does our menstrual cycle works and the effects that it has, not just on our physical body, but also on our mental and our emotional side of things. So it's just not widely spoken about throughout. And then even, you know, in, in the family home, um, you know, again, them conversations aren't spoken about because we've never had that education. So we don't know what to say. Um, and I think now that we're realizing, you know, when, when the birth 
birth control first came out we're like this is great this is women's right this gives us so much freedom and although I really really think that's a great thing at the same time we weren't given the true facts about what the true effect was on the pill so it's almost as if we've you know so many women have been thought okay I'm going to use a birth control um you know if you know I want to have um sex and not get pregnant or you know if I've got acne or if I'm feeling you know if I'm, I've got so many other different symptoms going up, the, the doctor just prescribes it. And in fact, the doctor doesn't even know that they're prescribing something that is not actually solving and healing our bodies um, if we have got a problem, but actually doing more harm than good. I think that's crazy because I like me, I believe there should be like, there should be a lot more males. There should be a lot more stuff for males too because, you know, you look at a female body, there's, they're, they're the reason why we are here today. And like a female's body has got so much stuff happening. But yet, I don't understand how come, you know, it should be the pill, should be something for males. shouldn't be all up to females. Like, and I think there is some sort of a pill now for males that's in the study. But why do you, why is that? You reckon that it, it was all like put on females compared to males back in the day? That's a really difficult question. I mean, I think it could be a number of, of reasons why, but I guess number one, women, we, we, you know, it was a time when women were really striving for our rights as well. So having that, we were too, we were so eager just being like, yes, this is it. Um, we can do it. But I guess on another point of view, and I've having this conversation with my girlfriends actually um, about, you know, the male pill, would we actually trust a guy to take the pill and then say to us, okay, well, I'm taking the pill. Um, you're fine not to, you know, use a condom, say. And I, a majority of my girlfriends were like, actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust a guy to say that. And it's not to say that you're untrust, like guys are untrustworthy. It's just, we know our bodies and, you know, we want to make sure that we're doing all that we can to prevent, for example, if we don't want to get pregnant, that, that outcome. And what does the pill do? So what, I, like, what does the pill do? Yeah, so the pill contains synthetic hormones. So it contains estrogen and progestin. Now, progestin sounds very, very similar to our natural hormone, which is progesterone. And progesterone, which we produce, is very, it does basically, these progestin and progesterone do both opposite effects. So progestin shuts down ovulation. So the, um, the period that we think we're having is actually a fake one. It's just withdrawal of the hormones um but actually progestin does the opposite where it encourages you know a perfect you know the perfect place for if we were to get pregnant and contain all um to really really help us and for the egg to embed itself into the lining so yeah completely different and this is this is still um, a topic that I really, really advocate for because not enough women realize that we're, you know, when the, for example, if someone's diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, where they're not getting, when they're not getting periods, the doctor says, well, go on the pill because it will make you have regular periods. That's actually untrue. You're not getting a period. It's just shutting down your ovulation. So what happens is if you are to come off the pill, whether you have PCOS or not, it takes, it can take up to a year for the synthetic hormones to come out your body. It can bleed your, your body of nutrients it can really affect your gut it has so many effects um putting you at higher risk of so many other diseases and so it can take you know a very long time for us to you know get our bring our body back to harmony and 
even more so as well, it can actually create a, a condition called post-pill um, PCOS. And so typically this is not PCOS in terms of how you would diagnose it, but it does create those missing periods. And it's it's one of the second most common types of PCOS, actually. So even if you don't have PCOS, you could be experiencing post-pill um, PCOS and being getting that diagnosis. And again, not look and because your doctors don't know enough about this kind of thing and the the effect of the pill, they could be diagnosing you with something that actually is not quite the right thing. That's so true. And like I if you have like I've got I know I've got a lot of clients who've been on the pill since they were like 15 it's like what 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 is there any long-term effects of being on the pill if you're like 15 till 30 what what happens then is there any effects or yeah unfortunately there is and I'm not trying to put this fear into women be like well you've been on the pill since you're 15 I mean I was on I was put on the pill when I was quite young and I was on and off it but, um, and it, you know, studies have shown, unfortunately, it can put you at higher risk of certain diseases, as I said, um, you know, such as blood clots, um, even breast cancer and things like that. So what I do suggest is though, rather than being fearful saying, oh my God, now I'm, you know, gonna develop that because that in itself can, you know, really affect your mindset. Um, what I would actually suggest is if you're thinking of coming off the pill, do the prep work three to four um, months before, even a couple would be really useful. So that's how I help with my clients is before they come off, I work with them to help nourish their bodies in every single way. And I don't just mean, you know, with food, it's everything. It's taking a holistic approach so that when they come off it, it's not going to be such a shock for their body. And then for example, their cycle can return as quickly as possible. Cause what we want to be doing is removing them toxins that are in the pill. So really supporting their gut, supporting their liver but also making sure that they're kind of in this cyclical nature and working with their with their cycle and around that 28 day that I was talking about so so they really understand what's happening with their own, own body so that even after for example I work with them they are actually empowered and understand how to navigate themselves because you know our periods and our cycles are not going to be perfect every single month and so if we have that understanding then we'd be like okay this is a sign what is it telling me? And that's the same, you know, actually, this is so true. Like if we we're getting symptoms so much, we could be like, oh, I hate my body. This is terrible. Why is it doing this? Um, why am I getting my period? But it's actually a sign of what actually is happening. Your body's trying to tell you a sign, for example, that something's not quite right and you need to nourish your body um, and really care for it. That's so that's so good. And like I, I've got some some clients who come off the pill and they like PMS is probably another big word that's out there as well. But I, I've got a lot of clients who like near enough PMS is under control just with the healthy foods. You know, a lot of PMS, you know, for me, any of my clients is I'd rather them fix everything like with food rather than like just taking drugs. And like I've got some clients who like I've given them oranges for that fruit dust. I've given them some bananas or spinach and every female I've worked with like every, every, everyone's different. I've got some people who may have eggs before they go to bed and they, they're just a small cues that actually help with PMS symptoms. What's your experience with that? And how do you help your clients with PMS? Yeah, so sadly, again, I, I hear this from women all the time that, you know, their moods are just out of control and it's infecting all different areas of their life, you know, at work or with their partners and their relationships. So it re again, it really has a huge effect. And, you know, again, statistics show that like 75% of women actually suffer from PMS. So it's a huge 
huge amount of us. And again, it's not spoken about enough. So yeah, food definitely, you know, concentrating on the whole foods is going to be the best things from us straight away. Because Again, a lot of the foods that we see in the shops are full of sugar and this can create really unstable blood sugars. And what we want to do is stabilize them so that we can regulate our moods. But again, there are other things that we can do. So, for example, um, we want to be making sure that we're supporting our serotonin levels. So that's things such as um, fermented foods like sauerkraut, um, but also things like quinoa. And as I said, you know, stabilizing our blood sugar so I again I show in my program I show women what the perfect combination is to make sure that we don't get them cravings and support our mood um, and our blood sugars um, as well as tracking our cycle because if we're aware that you know where we are in our cycle then we can put some self-care rituals in place um, because if we're thinking about the hormone cycle we're going from ovulation which is where we have you know the most energy and feeling like on top of the world and really confident and feeling sexy and then suddenly in the second half of what I call I, I explain it um our cycle as the in a season so ovulation is in a summer which is exactly as it is sunshine and then our inner autumn is when things start to slow down it gets a bit darker and a lot of women find the second half of their inner autumn so so hard because suddenly their energy levels are dropping their inner critique is increasing just again this is because of our ratio between progesterone and estrogen so it can be very very difficult but if we recognize where we are in our cycle, we can give ourselves so much compassion. And as I said, put those self-care rituals in, like doing more nourishing things like, you know, doing a yoga class that's going to be much slower, like yin or restorative, going for a walk or, you know, lighting a candle and having nips and salt baths. So that can do a huge white whole wide of good and you know even as well as because these moves are going like even journaling is going to be helping it because we're expressing how we're feeling that's so good i love how you like mentioned the food i'm really big with like for me is like using few food for fuel it's like, like our bodies like you know it's like a porsche car and you can put like you know you can put top fuel in or you can put real bad fuel in it and i think like there's this whole era now of like we all like you know weight for me like weight loss fat loss is calories in calories out but i think at the moment there's a little bit too much emphasis that you know to lose weight it's all about calories 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 and for me like the more i'm learning and, and getting better it's like it's so important how like foods make such different how your body runs it's amazing like what foods do so i love like how your approach is probably the same and journaling for me like journaling is just it's just next level and and even like meditation, yoga is just so powerful, isn't it? Oh my goodness, so powerful. But you made a really good point there about the food and calories. Like I don't get my clients to count calories at all because it almost becomes like an eating disorder in us because we come so concentrated. And if we think about foods based on calories, no two foods are the same. So like, you know, an avocado, I, like, I actually saw this. So this actually, <laughs> there I, I saw some PTs. And so I love what you're doing and understanding about cycle because I saw some PTs saying, you know, it's better to have a chocolate bar um, or a can of Coke than, you know, an avocado because an avocado is higher in calories. It's got more fat. So they're putting that fear that you know food with fat is going to be really really bad for you but as a woman we need a certain degree of fat because it helps with the production of our hormones and again like 
if we're going to have a can of Coke, that's that's not going to nourish our hormones or help it or fuel it, as you say. It's not going to fuel it. Oh, whereas an avocado will help us. Um, so we can't treat calories and the amount of food with the you know the same level of calories as the same because they're not going to support us as much as possible. And anything, if you can have that can of Coke, number one, you're going to get cravings. Like studies have shown that this, you know, links with, for example, cancer. So that's not a great approach, really. And if you're so concentrating on counting like macros and calories, it's just, you, you do, you're not living. Like you need to be, as I said, I know I've said the word nourishing all the time, but that really is we nourish rather than thinking it's going to be deprived because what we're trying to do is support clients. So it's a, a sustainable thing rather than thinking that they're on a diet all the time and they've got to watch what they eat. Yeah, that's that's so true. I do get like I do get my clients to track calories, but generally it's not for long. Like if I can get it's like your bank balance. I want to be able to educate like people in the whole system. And if I can get like my clients to like understand calories and different like as you say like an avocado not that it makes different when avocado's got nine calories a gram but that shouldn't be the factor of why you avocado is always going to be the better choice or i'm probably the same i love my clients have a lot of good fats and even like have like you know dark chocolate stuff higher zinc levels and that kind of stuff but i'm really big with educating my all my people is just that with calories and but yeah you don't attract forever it's good to for me, like it's good to track just to have a baseline. And it could be a fact for my clients is maybe track for a few weeks and then you can kind of that you have your baseline. But I know there is like some people that track like down to the T and it just get it just gets it's not really good. If I can help people like understand right the values in food, then it can go away and start understanding the like what's in the food, like you know, your fats and your carbs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and obviously you've got extremes. So again, like it depends on the level of education that we already have with food as well. So for example, if you're not aware how, you know, I'm not saying eating lots and lots of fats are going to help, but if we understand how much fat is in it, then we can also manage the quantity. So I can yeah, absolutely understand that. Like if we're looking at the quantity and how much is too much and, you know, making sure that we have an understanding of the nutritional density of things. So good. And I guess then from your point of view, like what's, how important is like meditation and having them days off where you're just like in the zone with your mind? Absolutely. hundred percent. I meditate like a few times a day, actually. I, I do actually a thing called miracle morning. So um, if anyone's heard of the book, um, it's by Hal Elrod. It's called The Miracle Morning. Very cheap on Amazon, like I think a few cents. But it's amazing. So it's saying like we set ourselves our day up. Um, so how we set the rest of our days by how we set ourselves up for the day. And it, it's based on a few different, you know, movement, reading, self-development. But I've created my own. So, for example, in the morning I go to yoga. Um, that's so important for me as well because that really helps to clear my mind and reduce any anxiety and I am into spirituality so it helps to clear the chakras as well um and you know it's so good for you know I do a lot of running as well so again it helps with that and supporting with that and then afterwards I go do journaling scripting which is talking about my visions um and then I have a dip in the water because I'm such a water baby and then I have a nourishing bowl of um you know bowl of breakfast um so 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 important and obviously I'm meditating as well um it's connecting ourselves back to us and that's been pivotal like the reason that like I've on my own journey 
I was so disconnected from not only my cycle, but who I was. So I used to live in London. I was so dissatisfied with my life, but I couldn't understand why. And it's because I didn't understand my values. So when I meditate and when I, you know, put this like practice in place that allows me to connect with myself, I can understand whether I'm aligning and being integral integral with who I am. Um, And remember as well, it really calms down our cortisol levels. And again, this is a key driver that we're seeing in women. Um, We've been told to always be in this hustle and go, 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 and working our day in this 24-hour cycle, which, yeah, perfect for guys because their hormone cycle is 24 hours. But for women, we're not the same every single day. If we're 28 days, you know, we need to manage our energy. So, you know, in our inner winter, when we're on our period, we're going to be less, um, we're going to have less energy and we're going to be more inwards. We're more in that yin energy. So, you know, again, because we are, we can use that as a power because we're more intuitive. It's a great time to meditate, understand what our goals are going to be for the next cycle. So meditation can take so many forms and has so many uses of how we use it in our cycle. But on a number, you know, as a foundational, it's great to re- reduce our cortisol levels, which most women are really struggling with. I think statistics show 49% of women suffer from stress and struggle. So if we're calming that down, that's going to be really key because we're not going to be ex- able to exercise if we're on the brink of burnout. So that's that's one of the yeah absolutely key thing to really in your in the journey. And yeah, as I said, that was key for me because. I actually had this, when I started off that, I was traveling around Ecuador and it was, um, I didn't have a period for a whole nine months. And that's how, because I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And then when I did my first yoga class, that's when I got my period upon it. And I was like, whoa, what just happened here? I was like, this is crazy. And then I realized that how much, um, you know, healing ourselves is not just to do with food, but also healing ourselves um on much a much deeper level and by connecting with ourselves because again everyone is different so we need to learn how to navigate our own cycle our own bodies our own hormones yeah your mind your mind is so like your mind is your mind controls everything like it's just and that's one thing i've got i've got my own life coach as well and we're really big like and how like everything just like you control how your emotions are like you control and one big one thing i always say is that like rather than having good and bad days have neutral days because like we're all so good at like you know acknowledging the good days but then as soon as the bad day happens we just throw ourselves under the bus whereas i my thing is that if you have a bad day well how about rather than saying a bad day see it as a, like a learning day and rather than having a good day see it as a day you can improve and that way then like you're always going to be one step ahead whereas because we're even me like i'm so good at celebrating all the good stuff and as soon as something bad comes in like i'll just focus on that so much whereas if i can get in a mentality of right a bad day is actually a learning day and a good day is an improvement day then you're always going to like just be in that good mindset yeah i love that learning as well that word yeah because again it's it's reframing that mindset you know like what can I learn from this like you know shitty stuff is gonna happen but it's how we respond to it that's going to be different for example the same thing like you know if you're fearing like you're fearing taking that step to heal your hormones you're fearing like booking in with you to do like a PT session actually why don't we spin it around I'm excited to do that so reframing is so many good things from mindset and again 
what I find is, you know, there's different types of uh, self-awareness and mindset. Um, So for example, if you're in the mindset that nothing's going to help you, this is, you you, you, say you've been given the diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome, you're like, this is shit. The world is against me. I'm never going to have babies. Like doctors might have told you I'm going to get diabetes. Like you really could be down on yourself, but what you could do is spin it around be like okay well how can I help myself so you're being in the mindset of like yeah this is shit but how can I help me myself because although doctors get can be there for support or healthcare professionals if you aren't ready to help yourself then nothing's going to change so you need to be able to take the first step yourself and really empower yourself and really master your mindset and being that positive um framework because be honest if I wasn't diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome I would not be here. I wouldn't understand my cycle at all. And to be fair, I would still probably be that party girl burning herself out, living on four hours of sleep, still disaligned with my life. But it was because I was diagnosed with the PCOS that it's led me on this. And although, yeah, it's it's been a huge journey for me, it's something that I would never be like, oh, I wish I was never diagnosed with PCOS. It's It's been pivotal to where I am now. And I've got to be really grateful for that. That's so, so true. I guess to kind of take a step back when um, in the conversation, if you are, you've stopped taking the pill, this is probably one of the big questions, you know, the pill is main thing is that it's for birth control, but how, in your opinion, special opinion, can you track your cycle? Like what are the ways of tracking your cycle? So, you know, when you're ovulating, when's the best time to have the same sex and that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, it's great. There's been such a great number of apps that we can use. Um, so things like Natural Cycles, Clue, you can get some free apps like Kindara. So they can help track your, um, for example, number one, there's different signs that we can do to tell where we are in our cycles. So number one is our temperature. So that's what these these apps use. Um, so our temperature actually rises um in the second half of our temperature due to the hormone progesterone. Um, And it will be, yeah, it will be um, high for about, you know, quite a while. And then suddenly it drops just before our period. Um, So although these apps are great for, you know, understanding um, if we, where we are in our cycle, it doesn't tell us that we've ovulated till afterwards. So that's why I would always recommend the fertility awareness method. And that's understanding the different, yeah, (laughs) see you nodding there. So this is understanding other things. So for example, our cervical position where where that is, um, that's gonna really, really help, Um, as well as our mucus as well. Our mucus changes throughout. Um, What our mucus does is, it actually helps um, to, you know, transport, for example, the sperm, the eggs for encouraging fertilization. So the consistency of changes does change throughout our cycle. So that's also a really great way. Um, I've actually got resources as well um, for on that to help. But um, what I would say as well, the other option is to actually become trained in um, fertility awareness method to use it because it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's not going to be like, okay, oh, well, my service is here. Like you need to get to know your body. So it's going to take a while. But what I would suggest is if you don't want to use a pill anymore, look at other non-hormonal birth controls, such as yeah, condoms when you're around, when you're ovulating and things like that. Um, Especially if you've got a long-term partner, then that's obviously a great, great um, way of doing it. Um, and then once you start using this um, this fertility awareness method, then you'll be able to, you know, look at um, 
using that and only using, for example, the condoms around um, around your ovulation um, rather than, you know, at the start, especially if you're healing your hormones, your hormones may be a bit havoc. So you're going to get less green days, which is green days is deemed as, it, you know, it's safe not to use any protection. Um, again, if you're if you're feeling confident with your your partner. So that's that's good. What is so what is the percentage of that? That's it's quite a high percentage, isn't it? Like of this is sex rate. Yeah. So for example, natural cycles, I think it's like 96%. So it's I think these percentages are almost identical to the pill, actually. Um, and to be honest, tracking your cycle is going to be really great for you to understand where you are in your cycle. So you can help and look to see um, what self-care rituals you can put on a physical, emotional and mental um, on the mental level as well. And getting to know your, know it. Whereas, you know, obviously in the birth control, you know, you're not actually ovulating. So, yeah, everything's not going to you're not going to be able to understand understand your unique rhythm so and what is the benefits of a healthy period that's probably something i not really know much what is the benefit of like having a healthy period and having them hormones progesterone and estrogen floating around that is a really good question actually so we have to look at our period as like a health report card so as i said before you know it's it's our body telling us whether everything's you know working per- like not perfectly but perfect for you um so so, for example, it can tell us if we're getting enough nutrients, for example, if we're experiencing headaches, if we're experiencing acne, if we're um, experiencing energy drops, like really like almost burnout symptoms. If we're even, you know, even signs that our hormones may be unbalanced are things like anxiety, depression, low libido. It affects so many different things. It's absolutely crazy. You know, like thyroid, hair loss, excess hair. It's like it's literally so so broad so if we're getting our period um you know you know for example the the color um the number of days that we're getting it in our cycle so typically i would say between 26 and 32 days is a sign of a really healthy period for a bit in between um you know outside absolutely fine but also we want to be looking at you know if it's heavy or light, because again, these are signs that your progesterone and estrogen isn't quite right. Um, It could even be like clots as well. Again, one or two clots are fine, but if you're getting lots and lots and lots, this could be a sign of excess estrogen as well. Um, Painful periods particularly as well. What we, that's up. So what is happening with um, that is, you know, during our, when we're menstruating, we get these prostaglandin, which are like chemical like hormones. And what they're doing is that they're contracting to shed the lining. Um, but for example, if they're out of balance, then they can become too powerful. So that's where we get like cramping where it can be, you know, a bit uncomfortable. However, if that discomfort is so painful, it's disrupting your life. For example, if you cannot get out of bed, you're vomiting, you're having to take uh, medication, then that's a sign that there's something deeper going on. And for example, you know, that could be going to the doctor to talk about getting um some you know getting a diagnosis um for yeah and actually understanding what's going on so taking your hormone levels but also possibly it could also be an indication of endometriosis um which isn't a hormone issue but is inflammatory and it does affect our hormones um and unfortunately it does take up to 10 years to be diagnosed but one in 10 women have it and 
So this is, again, another topic that really needs to come to light and become public known because a lot of women do experience where, you know, they can't get to work. It's affecting them getting a promotion. It's affecting their sex life. It's affecting just so many different levels of their confidence within themselves and feeling they're, they're not in control of their body. So definitely investigate more and speak with your doctor if you're not getting the right answers from your doctors and they're just been like, no, it's fine. You just got to deal with your period pain. It's not more than that. Then go and see another doctor who will take you seriously. So good. I think it comes back to education, isn't it? Like even for what I do, I, I still think there's, there's no education, especially for even males and females. I think I was speaking to like Orla Flatterty a few weeks ago on the podcast and she's back in Ireland. But same thing is like, there's not enough education for females on how the body works but also males because i think it's really important that males understand what a female goes through because if you've got a partner and they're going through all these changes as a male like i didn't know any of this stuff until i started studying and learning and before that i was just naive and i didn't know what was going on and it's easy to say oh you know it's hormones but if you don't know like what it is it's going to be harder isn't it yeah and especially for example how many like for example this is a perfect example I got a message from one of my clients and she said I just want to thank you because um because I knew her partner so he knew all about these inner seasons that I talked about and the different phases and I think she must have been feeling a bit she was feeling a bit PMSy, was feeling a bit low and her partner said oh is it because you're about to come on on and you're in this phase and she said I just want to thank you because him understanding where I am has given him so much more understanding and helping me and support me because for example if you know your partner is if you're a guy and you know that your partner is experiencing you know experiencing lower energy and their moods are feeling a bit you know a bit all over the place then you can understand me like, okay, well, I'm going to show her some extra love. I'm going to get her a nice cup of tea, maybe some dark chocolate and watch a nice film. And that can really improve your relationship because you feel like you're meeting each other and really understanding each other. So that's so, so great. So true. It's just, it's just something that I have about my clients is, 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 is that thing. But yeah, it definitely like should be more for males to understand because it's a two-way system, isn't it? If you're if you have a partner with someone, you know, you have to understand how to work. I think like the more education that's hopefully in years to come, it will get better. But I think like the whole menstrual cycle, it, it baffles me like how many people don't even like realize how important it is to the body. Like a lot of people... I suppose like that have been especially like older generation probably see it as an inconvenience thing whereas what i'm learning is like it's definitely not an inconvenience it's so unique to have a, a proper healthy period isn't it yeah it's definitely as i said it's listening to our body understanding it's actually giving us signs but i still you know i know you said it was old generations i still talk to so many women and they're like yeah but it is an inconvenience isn't it and i'm like no there's so much superpower so that's something that i'm really passionate about showing them being like okay what power do i have so that you don't feel like you're being unproductive so you can understand and really harness these these powers um of what's what's available to you because these are tools that are available and i guess again we're not aware of them so I think it's so so important and again switching it being like you know 
it's it's not a bad thing yeah I have to rest for a period but it's just like I say like you wouldn't expect a rose to bloom in winter we need our rest time it's the same with sleeping we need to have our sleeping every night so that in the daytime we have that energy so that's the same with our cycle because 28 days we need to have that rest period to so that we when we're on our ovulation we can feel our best selves how is important for sleep when it comes to like your health absolutely like foundational so i think to stress because if we don't get enough sleep again that's going to put so much stress upon our bodies um and so you know I, i even say as well and this goes back to saying with stress if we are not getting enough sleep and we're and i typically say you know you need about seven to eight hours sleep if we're not getting enough sleep and you go to exercise, then that's going to raise your cortisol levels. So what I say is, okay, you can do some kind of exercise, but opt for lower impact ones um, that are going to help to re- you know, restore you. Um, because again, as I said, if you're going to go really intense, you're, it's going to really impact the rest of your, your hormones and what's going on there um so so important and the problem is again like we may be trying to go to bed and getting seven to eight hours sleep but because there's so much technology around nowadays and we're scrolling on our phone that blue light um from the tvs our mobiles and computers are being emitted it can take that take that much longer for our brain to slow down and understand that it's time to sleep um so even throughout the days there's things that can impact our sleep so it's it's very it's it's basically the most free drug that you could have out there it's non-real i i done a podcast like tom coleman he's like a sleep expert and like from his like talk i learned so much but even the likes of like using like blue ray sunglasses to block out the blue light is just so important sleep is just sleep is one thing that's kind of not it's it's looked upon isn't it looked upon yeah And when it comes to then females that are going through that luteal phase, like when they can't, because a lot of people have to wake up with cramps and can't sleep. What's the, what's your advice for that? Yeah. So number one, uh, surrender. So actually slow right down. As I said, our energy levels are really decreasing. So start to like, if you look at your calendar, mark out your calendar where you're going to be in your cycle. And then for example, if you're two weeks before, then and someone asked you to do something being like okay for my luteal phase I actually only want to do two or three times because I'm going to have less energy so pre so forward plan um do less um do more things that are going to nourish yourself like epsom salt baths um spray yourself with magnesium because magnesium will really help cramps um zinc's really useful as well um so yeah i'm i don't i'm not again like you i don't say like oh get all this medication and supplements because these are only short-term things but um again if you're working on your hormones um and even just everyday living even past you know after you've started to really get master your menstrual cycle most people are deficient in magnesium just because you know stress exercising things like that and so i do recommend a few supplements and zinc and magnesium are one of the top ones that i really do recommend um, yes. for every woman zinc um is- yeah i'll say no yeah no you continue <laughs> I was going to say like zinc is, is quite high in, in dark chocolate. So that's one thing I like get my clients to have is they like, try to get dark chocolate is quite good. And even cocoa is quite good for zinc. What is good in zinc in your opinion? 
so I would say like pumpkin seeds. Um, I would also say um, like seafood. Uh, so for example, squid's really um, good with zinc in it. Um, and again, you know, you, you can, I, again, I always recommend in first instance, go to your, your food source. But again, unfortunately, a lot of food is depleted um, and don't contain as much nutrients um, as they used to just because of so soil um, um, and the quality of our soil nowadays due to over farming and things like that. So um, I would also say look at getting a quality supplement as well. Um, for example, um, for example, in the ones in the shops generally aren't really great just because they have lots of fillers in it. So if you can go to a healthcare professional who can give you a quality one. That's so good. One of the questions that came up actually on my stories was about, and I've I've worked with females in the past who have actually lost a period. Can you explain like what happens in that hole and what it is when you lose your period? Yeah, so it could be for a number of different reasons. Obviously, some women may start losing their period as they head into the menstruation phase. But if they lose their period um, altogether, it's important to understand what has happened in the past. So, for example, if their period has been MIA before or they've had a regular, this could be a sign that they need to get some tests. I mean, in all cases, we should get some tests. But that could be a sign, for example, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a regular period. And some women do find that they lose their period uh, for a long period of times um, as I said I had mine missing for nine months so you know it can be as long as that um, so I would say that um, another I mean again a driver could be is look at their lifestyle if they're really really stressed then that could have stopped ovulation because their body feels unsafe um, and again it's increasing our cortisol levels which is one of the drivers um, and then the other thing is, you know, over-exercising or not getting enough nutrients as well. Um, obviously, exercise is really, really great. But if we're not getting enough nutrients and we're over-exercising, number one, our cortisol levels are going to skyrocket. But also, um, you know, if we're not getting enough nutrients, then our body hasn't got enough fat um, to actually use to help ovulation. As I said, fat is really good for the production of hormones. So there is various reasons why we could not be having a period, but I definitely would have a look being like, okay, what was it? What was my experience of um, my period? And again, this is not when you're on your birth, when you're on birth control, but actually, for example, when you first started um, having your period through your, um, through your teens and then on, you know, just throughout our years so having a look to see was it always like this and then understanding what has changed over the last few months and sometimes we don't recognize how stressed we are and that's prevented it another one sorry as well <laughs> is looking at our gut for example some people may find that their period's gone missing or irregular because of a stressor and that could be for example it could be mold toxicity toxicity it could be parasites so even looking at our gut to see um what's going on because that could be also a root cause that's so good yeah i've i've had a few clients and they've they've lost their period because they've they've, they've done the crash and fat diets i think it's important to understand that when you just for female when you do a crash and fat diet if you're restricting your food so low your body is going to start shutting off systems and the, unfortunately the period like your cycle will go but in regards to that if that does happen what is the difference between losing your cycle from lack of, you know, sufficient calories compared to the pill that shuts off everything? Is there a difference or is it completely different? 
Yeah, so it's how we address it, actually. So how, again, because when when I, for example, whenever I create a treatment plan, it depends on what the root cause is of it. So, for example, if they're coming off the hormonal birth control, what we want to be, there's the different things that we I educate my clients on, but also one of the things that I really focus on is supporting our liver because the hormonal birth control is a toxin we want to be um getting rid of those from our liver and supporting our gut because as i mentioned before it's going to really affect um our guts already feeling depleted from the pill so we do a lot of work around the liver and the gut as well stabling stabilizing our blood sugars whereas for example if for example you put a lot of stress on your body because number one you're just stressed anyway um for your work or just the way your your lifestyle is or for example if you you know doing that plan what we want to be doing is implementing more whole foods and make sure you've got enough nutrients um you're eating enough um but also managing our stress levels as well um so completely different focuses essentially women's health comes down to kind of the key drivers and we should be focusing on all of them anyway but you know the, the amount that we are and the work that we're doing is completely different depending what the root driver is so good because the pill the pill is basically shuts off all hormones in your body doesn't it yeah yeah exactly um and actually so that's a really good point actually because with the pill as well so some people may experience different things um it's also good to look at and understand if you if you're on the pill understand why did you go on it for example if you went on it to clear your skin um again i would say you need to do a lot of obviously you're doing a lot of work anyway coming off the pill but uh, that's a sign that you're um you need to be focusing on your liver and your gut health um for the acne um if for example you went on the pill because you had irregular periods again you want to be concentrating on um potentially that's a sign that you have you had um or have pcos so again you want to be looking at that if you had a normal cycle before then you know, focus on the liver and the gut that I was saying before and just being really gentle for you. But you may find that, you know, the the length of time that coming off it, your period may be um, a bit quicker, maybe you don't need to do as much work. Um, you may, for example, for example, with polycystic ovarian syndrome, I normally um, concentrate as well is um, really removing the infl- inflammatory foods from our diet because, um, you know, that's, that's one of the key drivers as well. But for example, if you're coming off your pill, you may not, you obviously need to be removing it as much as possible, but you may find that you don't need to, you can reintroduce foods much quicker. That so it's is, very, everyone's different. So <laughs> that's that the is, essence of it. <laughs> every female is different. That goes to my next question. Is like, I actually had somebody today text me on my story and it was like, basically they've been diagnosed with PCOS and they went to the doctor and the doctor gave no information, but just gave them the pill. And I guess from your experience having PCOS, why is this you reckon, Dan? And what advice would you help her with? Unfortunately, doctors aren't given the education. Like if you think about how much they are given on like nutrition and women's hormones, they have to learn a lot. So this is only a small part of what they have to study. So many doctors are aware. Um, I've spoken to some doctors who are aware that actually they're not getting a true period. But actually some doctors actually believe that that's going to help regulate um, women's cycles. When as we've spoken about, it's not. It's actually just um, putting a band-aid on it we're not actually addressing the root cause 
and yeah I would say it's, it's the lack of their lack of knowledge if we think about the system the medical system they've been taught to you know treat um the symptoms um whereas you know for example a lot of healthcare is like my healthcare professionals like myself we look at the root cause um and you know really focus on preventative as well whereas they're just they're just they're, they're, unfortunately they are overworked there's not an, enough resources and you know they just don't have time to understand it yeah it's so true peace west uh, it can be it can be reversed in the ways can't it absolutely um i've had so many clients and i'm living testimony of it it can be put into remission um obviously you may have some you know ups and downs like every woman but um you know i'm i'm so passionate that the pill is not the answer if you really want to heal your pcos and especially if you want to feel the most energetic and confident self, but also if later down the line, you do want to be, you're not sure or you're thinking about having children. If you've been on the pill, all that's going to do is make your symptoms much work worse. Whereas if you concentrate on navigating and healing your cycle, you've already put that work in before. So that if you do, for example, want to have children later down the line you don't have to be like oh well and now I'm gonna have to start really focusing on making sure I'm ovulating so I can get pregnant and things like that so um but most of all actually though is our cycle is not just a sign of our fertility so obviously we do want to be doing it for ourselves and making sure that we feel our best and that so yeah what do you recommend in for skin? Because I know, again, the pill is a big thing for acne and skin health. What do you recommend for your skin in general? What would you do? Um, so I really recommend on focusing on the gut and the liver. So, for example, we want to be making sure that we're reducing the number of toxins and chemicals that are in our beauty products, because um, unfortunately a lot do contain nasty chemicals. Um we want to be reducing the number of toxins on our food as well. So that's through washing and looking at particular fruit and vegetables. That's going to help if we, um, you know, which ones are better to opt for for organic. So again, we're reducing our exposure um, as well as adding in foods that are going to help to really support the liver as much as possible. And again, um, a lot of women that I work with, I, um, they, they experience a lot of acne, obviously, because um, they've got a lot of load on their liver, but also they're very prone with, um, you know, inflammation foods. Um, so again, we work on, you know, kind of removing the foods that are triggering um, this this response, um, but adding in foods that are going to help and support them. That's so good. I guess then before you go, what would be your top three tips or advice you give for females to like for a healthy period and, and, and all around that stuff? um uh number one oh gosh I'm from the top of my mind <laughs> um number one is definitely understanding how our hormone cycles works it's not just on and off our period understanding the different four different seasons number two is self-care rituals particularly around our inner winter so when we're on our period um you know putting in some downtime and number three three is um nourish ourselves so like nourish ourselves with whole foods i think that's very very key as well that's so good and i guess then where can people find you if they want to find out more about you 
Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at so tremendous. Um, and then also my website is www.sotremendous.com. And your TED Talk is on YouTube too, isn't it? Yeah, it's on YouTube. I've got that on my website and also on my Instagram. If you go to um, the link um, in my bio, then you can also find it on there. And that's on plastic free periods. Um, very, very exciting. Um, <laughs> so definitely check that one out as well. Yeah, I, I think I watched it three or four times now. It's, it's so good. It's just so good to see get those ratings up. <laughs> yes. But that's amazing. No, that's such a good chat there. And it's, it's, this is going to be really helpful for anyone that listens. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I've been an absolute pleasure. I hope so. And I will chat to you very soon. Perfect.